And welcome to Bussin, the Greenville Transit Podcast. And this week, I'm riding along with Katie Pusmith, who is the, I don't even know what to tell you, the godmother <laughs> of transit advocacy in Greenville County. And so I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast, Katie. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Love riding the bus always, and especially with cool people like you. But I, it's funny, the godmother thing is... Maybe that's apt because it's Cinderella in the end that does the whole thing with the shoe and gets the prince and all that. So maybe you're Cinderella then. That's good. We both transit. need, clearly, you and we, Joseph. We, Joseph we, need, uh, we need some tiaras, you and I do, and maybe a wand or two. I love it. Maybe we put that on our Christmas Some birds list. and squirrels that do things. Mice. Mice. The I mice. forgot. That's right. The Gus Gus, that cute little mouse. Oh, that's right. Anyway, so we are riding. The reason I wanted to get you on the podcast today is I wanted our listeners to get a chance to understand kind of the history behind Greenville Connects and this advocacy work that we're doing now because there's so much stuff happening now. It almost, it feels like somebody asked me the other day, like, so did y'all just start like this year? Like, did you just pop out and start going? And I was like, oh my gosh, no, this has been the work of years. Um, and I realized there's some history that we needed to share. So take us back in the Wayback Machine, Katie, and talk to us about your work at with Piedmont Health Foundation, you were executive director there, uh-huh. and the board decided, was it 2014, 2013? Yeah, 2013, 14 time. To focus on transit as a kind of central issue for the whole community, to put some heft behind that to see what you could get moving. That's right. Um, and so then what happened since then? So that was, you know, eight years ago. Yeah. We, I mean, back in 2013, the Piedmont Healthcare Foundation board, and, and let me just say the Piedmont Healthcare Foundation chooses an issue that is related to health in a broad way in the community and just will work on it for years until changes are made to make things better. And then there's someone else to kind of hand the baton to. When the board and I were looking at what should we focus on next back in 2013, we thought about a whole bunch of issues, but transportation kept coming up again and again as being central to all of them. And one of our board members, Mrs. Peggy Baxter said, what if we just tried to work on a better transit system? And we all looked at each other and said, that sounds really hard, but it also sounds really important. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's do the hard things. So that's when the work started. Okay. So what did y'all start with? Because you didn't just say, sit sit in the boardroom and go, great idea, Peggy. Let's just do it. Let's That's where the magic wand comes in. (laughs) Let's all think good thoughts and sing a song. But what happened next? Where did the hard work come in? We started off by doing a study about transportation in Greenville County, just to help people understand what our current bus system looked like at the time, what else came into play, things like land use and sidewalks and infrastructure, um, and made some high-level recommendations of what could change. And so at the time, as is the case now, bus routes came around once an hour. The bus system closed down at 6.30. Um, Some of the routes were not super well-designed, and so most of them, if you wanted to For instance, go to Walmart and go grocery shopping. You had a whole hour to take a loop around rather than being able to go to the other side of the street and pick up the bus. Mm -hmm. So we made recommendations like let's do a comprehensive operational analysis as a community to see how well our system is running and some revenue neutral things we could do to tweak it. Let's have a long-term transportation development plan. Let's think about the way we use land in the community that can make it easier or harder for people to get where they want to go. Um, And let's make sure we have a really strong bus system that is worthy of expansion. So that's how the work started. So in those early years, you gathered a ton of data. And I've gotten, I've been the beneficiary of a lot of those. A lot of folders. A lot of folders, a lot of studies, a lot of stuff like that. What was some of the stuff that struck you most at the beginning that you were, you kind of, maybe you suspected and you went, oh gosh, this is different than I thought. Or 
maybe it was, you know, what were, what were some of that initial sort of stuff? I would say there, there's four things that really strike me. One is the bus system was a much better product than I think a lot of folks realized. There was, I think, a lot of assumption of nobody rides the bus and it's not efficient and it's not well run. And we were able to show that compared to peers, it actually was a really good product. And there were some improvements that could be made and that GreenLink did make in 2016, 2017, retooling routes, doing things like getting the UMO app available that you could pay with your phone and follow the bus online, some shelter improvements. But generally, the system was worthy more of more investment. So that was one thing. I think a second thing was how connected the bus's success and the passenger's experiences to the way we develop the places outside of the bus stops. So if you have to walk a half a mile to get to a stop and there's no sidewalk and there's no shelter... That's a terrible experience. Mm-hmm. And that's outside of the control of GreenLink, right? That's decisions that the city makes or the county makes. Uh, having a giant parking lot that you have to cross from the Walmart bus stop to get to the front door. Right. Those are things outside of GreenLink's control, but they're decisions that influence the GreenLink experience. So that was the second thing that struck us. The third and most powerful piece of data was looking at the revenue per passenger from local government and how mm-hmm. it compared to other communities. That is the thing that most changed the mindset, I think, of our community around transit. So at the time, we did studies and looked, and the revenue was something like $3.76 per passenger coming from the city and the county. And the next lowest in the southeast was like, if I'm remembering correctly, Charleston at $17, Columbia at 20 something dollars, mm-hmm. you know, Winston-Salem at $50. I'm, I'm trying to recall the numbers. They were a lot higher than ours. Yeah, they were multiple times higher. Yeah, and it helped you realize maybe GreenLink shortcomings are not due to management. They're due to a lack of investment mm-hmm. by our local governments well, in we, the work. We have the system that we've invested in. That's right. So exactly. we've gotten exactly what we've paid for. That's um, right. And so if we want more, we're going to have to... And get some more resources. That's exactly right. And yeah, it's fascinating to me because because you're right that that data that well, that was a turning point in your advocacy. Mm. Right, was yep. when you found that three dollars and seventy six cents, and you were able to start talking to people. What what did other people say when you shared that information to them? They were them? shocked. I mean, shocked. It it. it it, it was kind of like a moment of speechlessness for I think everyone involved, including ourselves, when we made the little Excel bar chart of it, that we checked the data again and again and again. Which you I made think, sure you weren't doing yeah, a math prop math. Exactly. Mistake. Having people double check, triple check, which I think kind of leads to the fourth thing that was a big turning point. And that was that we brought a lot of voices together to say, is this what we want as a community? Maybe not. And when I say a lot of voices... I mean, riders themselves who could say, look, I am trying to get to work. I'm trying to get to school. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take my child to childcare. I'm trying to, you know, live my life. And this experience should be different for me because I'm a vital part of this community. So giving riders and passengers and customers a chance to step in and voice themselves in the process, along with other people that are a part of our community. This is faith leaders and church members. This is business owners and employers. This is healthcare. To say, you know, we are, we're all together, want a good system that helps everyone participate in the community. So creating that focal point of Greenville Connects um, to be a place where people could join their voices and ask for something different really, I think, changed things. Yeah, well, and 
and it started to change once you started to pull those four different pieces together. You recognize the data. You were kind of, these are the surprising pieces. We were able to do this stuff and bring in other voices. What was one of the first victories you had that you guys were excited about? Because, I mean, you were doing this as part of your job, but you also had other things you were doing. And then a lot of the other work was, I mean, not was, was you know, slices of other professionals and some volunteer stuff and people kind of come to the table. So looking back, what was one of the first successes that you that you felt like you were really able to, to grab hold of? The thing that is neat, I will say in a general sense, is there were so many little milestones along the way. Some of those that I mentioned of GreenLink retooling routes, of private foundations, putting funds in to allow for the intelligent transit system, which lets you track your bus. Um, there were just a lot of little victories that added up. But I think in terms of an advocacy triumph, and this was not mine or Piedmont Health Foundations. It was Greenville Connects was the county agreeing to make a significantly larger investment annually in its budget in public transit. And that was the result of a lot of people lifting up their voices and letting their elected officials know how much it matters. What was really neat about that is I feel like Piedmont Health Foundation helped lay a lot of the foundational um, stones for that. But in the end, a private foundation cannot be involved in that directive and ask to government. And so Piedmont Health Foundation was able to step back and let all the other community members take it forward the ask. And that was a real victory. Well, it sounds like historically y'all kind of collected data, you built momentum, you had other people joining in. And then it was, like you said, those maybe smaller victories along the way or small improvement tweaks here. These, oh, we got this good information. We were able to do this study. You had all those different pieces. And then that, that really did lay the groundwork for this great success because, because of that advocacy. I mean, when we look back at Greenville Connects, I mean, that was the first, you know, that was the first victory of the, the group as a whole. And it allowed buses to go to 1130. I mean, it That's right. fundamentally changed access to mobility for individuals that are working, you know, maybe later they want, or they have a different, you know, I don't want to assume that everyone has the same life schedule I have, you know, like it just gives people more options as they're traveling through the community. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to work two jobs or you want to work a late shift that might pay better or give you greater flexibility, if you're going to school, if you want to not have the expense of a car or can't afford it right now, having a greater transit system lets you do more for your life. Yeah, it really does. Well, let's talk. I mean, yeah, it, there's a huge part of that with the whole tra- transportation costs. I think we, I mean, what was your first car, Katie? <laughs> it was a 1980 Tornado. I think that's what the brand is. Oh, and wow. whenever I pulled into the high school parking, it was, I mean, I, I am older, but 1980 was an old car when I had it as my first car. <laughs> And when I pulled into the parking lot at my high school, I would quickly slam the door shut and run away from it because so it would other go, people clunk, 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 clunk. it would go, it was so loud. It was like really embarrassing. Or like the engine would cool down and make like weird clicking noises when you got out. Oh, it wasn't clicking. It was like explosive noises. So I had to run really far away because I wanted to look cool and not look like I was associated with the 1980 <laughs> tornado. Well, the reason I ask is I think sometimes for those of us who have functioning vehicles and are at a place in our career where we have more financial stability, I lose contact and connection with that memory of 
the old car that I was just lucky to have. That's and the thing. What I a would, privilege. Oh my what gosh. a privilege it was to have a car, no matter how ugly and loud it was. Right. What a privilege. And it gave me the opportunity to have a great job right. after school. And it gave me the opportunity to do things like student government. Right. It was, that was my lifeline because we barely had a transit system where I grew up. Right. So without that car, you yes. would have been very limited. And if you think about that, for individuals who, for whatever reason, don't have a car, um, rely on transit. It's not just a choice. It's a you know necessity. It just is such a such freedom giving. I mean, mm-hmm. when I think about you know my first car, it was exactly that. It allowed me to have a job, um, and I I worked at a Turner's Jewelers over Christmas uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, and uh, had a I got, borrowed a car from my sister to drive, but I had to get there at like five thirty in the morning. Because it was over the holidays and they would open okay. super early. And if, you know, they had like doorbusters and like if you got there soon enough, you'd get, you know, a piece of jewelry or something for the first 50 people. Um, but you're right. I made good money and I was able to use that money to do it. I mean, like it just ended up being, I remember driving on the road early in the morning and there was hardly anyone out. And I felt like I was all alone in the world and very adult and very independent. I mean, suddenly I had access to this adult world to earn my own money and to then make decisions about that money, about what I wanted to do with it. Um, but I don't think back on that time very often. It's just something, I mean, at this point, you just sort of well, take for granted your for car. Granted. That's yep. right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Well, when you think about, okay, so going back to Greenville Connects and we've mm-hmm. think about kind of where things are now. Um, we're got a lot of advocacy going on right now. We're talking to a lot of elected officials. We're working really hard to collect information about um, to do a specifically an economic development or economic impact study on the transit development plan. And I think that's going to really help us be able to, with some hard data, communicate the, the importance of implementing that plan. What are your hopes for Greenville Connect? I mean, you've, you've been there the entire time. And when you look back on that initial work in transit, so what are your hopes for Greenville Connects? And, and also, did you think we would be here at this point? Like, was this the plan the whole, the whole time when you look back on it? You know, I mean, my hope for Greenville Connects is that it continues to serve as a vehicle to lift up a vehicle, a way to lift up. Thank you. A way to lift up um, just the importance of diverse choices of the way to get around the community and to highlight the role of public transportation and buses in that, because so few people in Greenville County are familiar with the way public transit works and the importance of it in the community and the great access point for all of us. Like if you're a rider to help give you a voice in a vehicle to express your opinions, if you're not a rider to better understand the way it works and why it's important to you. Um, so my hope is for Greenville connects to continue to do that. It has far surpassed any dream that I could have had. I mean, you and Joseph and all the volunteers involved with it have just done such a fantastic job of really creatively doing that with things like this podcast, like tiny bus concerts, like, you know, different videos, journeys with Joseph. This is all so helpful to help create a different idea of what transit can be. And, and of course, the staff and board members of GTA and GreenLake. I mean, they are outstanding, committed folks who have big dreams themselves, and we will be a better community for it. Yeah, I can't wait to see. I mean, thank you for that, for those kind words, because I do think that being part of this has been really exciting. Um, and, and it's such a unique time in, in Greenville, um, in this moment to see what we can do, because if we're able to take advantage 
of this effort and the energy behind it, then it's one of those things where you're talking about impacting, you know, for the good for years in ways that we, we won't even anticipate right now. We can't even foretell, um, but it's going to be a really exciting um, and energetic time to be, yeah. to be part of all of this. We're going to, um, when I think about Greenville Connects and kind of like the next steps, I think about um, the advocacy that's going to be coming up in the new year. So if you're mm-hmm. hearing this, listening, you're one of our uh, dedicated podcast listeners. Just I want you to check your calendars for the county council meetings that are coming up in January in the new year because we want to invite all of you to come sit with us. We're going to come to the first two meetings, uh, which are on the schedule for the county council for January 10th, which is the organizational meeting, and then the 24th of January. Uh, they start at 6 p.m., and they usually last about an hour. Um, sometimes they're done earlier, quicker than that, and sometimes a little bit over, but that's about what you can estimate. Um, but if you show up, we can give you a Greenville Connects t-shirt. You could sit with us and we're going to help the new county council members as they start this new session, this new two-year cycle, um, remember the importance of transit as they begin uh, their efforts to, you know, govern our county in the next couple of years. So we're going to bring it home. I think that's so important. And, and for you all listening, if you haven't been to a county council meeting before, Generally, just as someone who lives in Greenville County, it is really important for you to do, even if it's once a year, because for you to see how decisions are made, to see the folks just like you who make the decisions as the 12 members of county council, um, I think you'll really enjoy the experience and learn a lot from it. And I will say the Greenville Connects t-shirts are really great. They are quality. They're one of my favorite t-shirts. So they you'll are be fantastic. lucky to get yeah. one. They're very soft. They're very soft. And they're, they're, they're eye-catching. A lovely green. green. Yep. Good green color. Um, so yeah, so we invite you all to do that. You can email me at aaron.predmore at greenvilleconnects.org and let me know that you want to come. And that way I'll put your name down and just know to expect you. We can do a little accountability. I'll email you back as a reminder and stuff like that too. But we'd love to have all of our listeners do it. And Katie, do you think you'll be there? I will be there. I'm always there. I know, but I'll be so true. glad to be there with all of you. Katie and I go to a lot of county council <laughs> meetings together. <laughs> we do. All right. Well, we'll be wearing our t-shirt. We'll see everybody hopefully on the 10th and the 24th. You can come to one and not the other. You don't have to do both at the same time. Um, But we'd love to have you all part of this so that you can, as you've heard from Katie, understand both where we've been, but also be part of where we're going. Um, Because we've been successful up to this point because individuals outside of a small group really understood the importance of transit and began to show up. That's right. And so they were able to take that data and the information and the energy and the focus and really push it forward so that elected officials really needed to look at that and, and bring bring their attention to this important issue in the community too. So everyone's invited to be part of that. Well, I will be so excited to see folks like you all listening present. And, and what is really super is your presence makes such a difference. Just showing up makes such a difference. And and Aaron, I just thank you and Joseph so much for all that you have done to help um, people understand what's possible because there's so much possible. I feel we should continue the Cinderella metaphor. I know we should. We could break into song here, but I, well, no, I think but we're I mean, going to not a, do that. It is. I mean, it, it to me, it really is a Cinderella story Yeah. because many people had zero aspirations or understanding of public transit. Um, and now I think all of our mindsets have changed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I've, when people ask me kind of what my focus is, my whole my focus every day is to have everyone I talk to after we talk about transit to go, well, duh, of course we should invest in transit. <laughs> like, well, that's so clear and evident and 
well, of course we're going to do that. What do you need? And that's what I find people say whenever I talk to them about transit. Most everyone gets to the quickly get to the point if they're not already there of understanding the importance of reliable, affordable transportation uh, for for everybody. So we're excited. This next step, next chapters are going to be really good. All your dreams will come true. <laughs> well, I hope so. Thank you for being on the podcast, Katie. This has been a lot of fun. Aaron, thanks for all that you do. And thanks to everyone for listening and caring about a more accessible community. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bussin, the Greenville Transit Podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.